Good morning. Turn with me to Luke chapter 5. This is the reset, and this is the month of October, so we're right here. Today is our celebration Sunday. We're celebrating all that the Lord has done. We feel that this is a pivotal transition for us as a ministry. We will not be meeting here on Sunday, October 9th, 16th, or 23rd. Is that clear to everyone? (laughs) What do we do? We want you to seek the Lord. This is an intentional time of prayer and fasting and seeking the Lord. We believe that God is going to use this reset in strategic ways. We're really excited about it. And we felt from the Lord that today was meant to be a celebration of the old wine and the old wineskin that God has poured out because there's a true work of the Holy Spirit that's been happening here in our community. How many of you have been touched by the Lord through the community of our Father's house? Jesus has has been stirring and moving in our midst and we are thankful to God. We want to give Him honor and praise. We want to acknowledge and celebrate what the Lord has done. So I know that we're going to miss each other. I know that we're not going to be seeing each other quite like this. It will look different for everybody. I'm aware that some of you feel led of the Lord to utilize your Sundays or Saturdays in different ways. Hey, praise God. We intentionally did not lay out. Hey, here's what we want you to do because we want to rip the feeding tube away from the pulpit and commission each and every person to be led of the Lord and to follow Jesus for yourselves. The days of depending on someone else to follow God for you are over. We've got to follow the person of Jesus and not the personality or, or of a man or a woman. Hey, are you with me? So we want to celebrate what God has done, but we're not going to be here, so don't look for the living among the dead. There won't be anyone here. He is risen. We're celebrating Him. We're all over. I want to commission you at this time of the reset to seek the Lord while He may be found. I believe there are things that need to shift and change. For many of us, the reset has already begun. God has been refining and purifying. He's been transitioning. Some of you felt that stand at the crossroads and ask the Lord for the good way word this morning because that's all a part of the reset. The hand of the Lord is so active. I've been privileged to hear what is happening in your homes, in your marriages, in your families. This is truly an upheaval from the Lord. How did we end up here with this? Was this like a a random idea? No, we believe this was birthed by God. And when he presented it to us, I won't lie, I was nervous. Lord, are you sure? (laughs) And I felt like the Lord said, do you fear me or do you fear man? Lord, I fear you. See, there's joy in being obedient Pretty much, for the most part, those of you that are still here, the response has been something like, we've never heard of anything like that before, but that sounds pretty good. Like, we think God might be in that. Can I encourage you with something? That it doesn't have to make sense to us. That if God is in it and we follow and we obey, there's joy in just yielding to what the Lord wants. 
So if you're at the wedding in Cana that's told in John chapter 2 and they run out of wine and Jesus says to fill the pots with water, you got to know there was a moment where the servants were probably like, no, 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 we said wine, Jesus, not water. And he said, just fill them with water. No, it doesn't have to make sense to us because God was going to transform the situation. He was going to meet the need. He was going to be active in the moment. But first they just had to be obedient. And I believe that this is us simply following the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, that we're filling up those pots of water and Jesus is going to give us the new wine through this. So it doesn't have to make sense to you and I. When Jesus goes to heal the blind man in John chapter 9, He could have just healed him and spoken the word, but instead He chooses to spit in the ground and make clay from that mud and put it on His eyes. Yo, that's out there. But God does what God does in His ways. I want to know the ways of the Lord. I want to be like Moses who spoke face to face with God as a man speaks with his friend. This is an invitation into intimacy with the Lord for us as a fellowship. So we're not suspending gatherings. I know some of you were like, like, don't see anyone and go into isolation. No, 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 no. You misunderstood me. We're just not going to assemble for you. We want you to learn and grow. I feel like there's exponential growth that's going to happen for us individually and as families and then together as a community. So the reset is a strategic shift. And it's a shift. We're coming out of church culture. How many of you have that handout? We're coming out of church culture. We're coming into kingdom culture. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, raise your hand right now. We want you to get a handout. We want you to leave with this. It's on the back wall. We want to hand it out to you now so that you can see kingdom culture and church culture. Raise your hand if you don't have the handout. I know there's visitors here today. We want to make sure that you leave with it because we believe that this isn't just an Our Father's House thing, that this is a Body of Christ thing. The language of a reset of a new wineskin is all over the body of Christ right now. There are ministries and churches that are taking leaps of faith. It's a little different than ours, but rest assured and be at peace that God is what He's doing here. It feels unique and off the wall to us, but there's comfort in knowing that there are other fellowships and other ministries that are making seismic shifts They're in their own reset. They just would call it something different. Does that make sense? We're a little quiet this morning. I'm going to keep asking you if that makes sense until you speak up. I want you to say amen. I want you to engage with the Word of God and what He's doing. Did you know that you've been conditioned to hear the truth and not respond? That's church culture. (laughs) Some of you just, whoa. We, we We just stare and listen. I'm like... Are you that disengaged when the Colts play? Now you're probably angry and then need to repent. <laughs> That's your old wineskin. <laughs> the new wineskin is winning. <laughs> so Aaron Molesky prophesied this word to us. This is important and I want you to hear this. I shared this on September 11th when we announced the reset and the the shockwave went out. 
And now I want to finish and conclude and park our hearts back in what God said through our brother who was prophesying. So he stood up here and he said that he saw a disruption of the Lord's presence. Would you say disruption? Would you consider the reset a disruption? <laughs> this, is a, this is a great disruption from the Lord, but it's a response to His presence and His leading. So he says there's a disruption of God's presence, and he says, Some of you are faithfully stewarding what God has given you. You're following in the family. Whether that's a spiritual family or your blood family, you've stewarded that well in this season. But there's a disruption of the Lord that is coming in a greater way to call you into a new season, a season where the Lord has ordained for you not just to continue on in the old. Now hold on. If we go through this and nothing changes, then this is a stunt. This is fruitless, and we might as well just meet next Sunday. But there's a strategic shift. So this is not a change in our vision. This is not a change in our values. This is really us going all in and betting on our values that, hey, we're going to follow the Lord. We're going to be obedient regardless of the cost. So we put the finances in the hands of the Lord. We put the people, we put it all into the hands of Jesus. You know why? Because He's in charge and He's in control. You know, I can't lose the church if it was never mine to begin with. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, we want to be good stewards of what God is doing here. There's, there's a fear of the Lord even in doing this, but it was confirmed prophetically it seemed good to us in the Holy Spirit this isn't something that we're doing on a whim this is something that we were talking about back in July and August and into September before we announced it and we felt like the Lord had highlighted these dates in October for a reset so this is a disruption of God's presence but it's to bring us out of the old and into the new so if you're sitting here this morning and you call our father's house home and you are still unsure of what's going to change I want to beckon you and urge you to get before God not tomorrow today and decide what is the old wineskin what needs to shift what's going to change and what are we going after during the reset so that when we gather back here on October 30th that we're we look the same naturally but spiritually God has given us an upgrade in him are you with me so this reset is a redirection from the Lord. It's powerful what God is doing. The reset has everything to do with consecration. Kelsey, your word was timely. It has everything to do with purification. We live in a nation where you can call yourself a Christian and nothing about your life speaks of Jesus. You can raise your hands in worship and you can be lost in God's presence, but your lifestyle reeks before the Lord. We're rejecting all of that because that is church culture. That is the leaven of something that's not the true gospel that sets us free to live for Jesus in purity and holiness before Him. But if you want to draw a large crowd, can I tell you, you don't preach holiness. You don't preach humility. You don't preach hunger. 
Now you preach what feels good. Did you know that the Word of God warns us that in the last days, that people will assemble for themselves teachers who tell them what their itching ears want to hear? We are living it in a real way. It's time for the church to detox from consumerism. For all of us, from coming and consuming a product. The pastor is the product that gets consumed in America. It's time to consume Jesus. To go after His presence. To detox from following a personality. From being told what to do. And having a living, active, breathing, life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus. Through the Holy Spirit. You have the same access to God as the most powerful, mighty men and women of God you know. You have the same access. Is it possible that we have so little of God because our priorities are out of alignment? See, the Lord is shifting priorities in this season. Will you put up the seven things? I've preached through this, but I want to do a good job of reviewing so that no one is confused. These are the seven reasons behind the new wineskin, the reset. It's to repent for the influence of church culture. If you got that handout, you can clearly see what is church culture. I want to be a part of something that is a reflection of the pattern of God revealed in the New Testament. Do you? No matter the cost, no matter the sacrifice, I want to be a part of something that has the presence and power of God radiating through it. Let me be honest with you. Many, many Sundays up until this very Sunday, we have all-out war in pre-service prayer and at the beginning of worship. Can I tell you why that is? Why is there such a call, such a clamor, such an uh, emphasis on hunger and wake up, O oh sleeper, and get in the game and all this stuff that gets said and prayed? It's because we've not yet created a culture at our Father's house of hunger and expectation. I believe we're getting there. I believe we're growing into it. But we have to say those things and basically clang the alarm because we, we are conditioned to sleeping. But God is gathering up hungry people to assemble and to see Him move in power. Our expectation level of what it means to follow Jesus needs to rise dramatically. Yeah. Because the difference between church culture and kingdom culture, the dividing line is discipleship. Real, true, authentic discipleship of this is what it means to follow Jesus. This is the expectation and the requirement of followers of Jesus. If you're truly a disciple, then your lifestyle reflects the presence and power of God. Amen? We don't want to give lip service to Jesus. That's church culture. We want to walk in kingdom power and authority. Did you know that you have grace on your life? Every single person in this room, you have grace upon your life from God. You have gifts from the Holy Spirit that He's given you, that He's chosen in His will to say, hey, I want you to have this part of me. You have those gifts and that grace so that you can manifest it and function in His body. But the current climate doesn't allow for such things because we've traded 
assembling for attending because we're drunk on entertainment because we want to watch something happen because we want a laser light show and then someone to give us a really nice clean cut message so that we can keep the feeding tube going so that we can keep having a relationship with God through someone else or even through our church and God is cutting that off I'm telling you this is not in our father's house thing this is happening all over the world right Right now, God is addressing His people. See, I believe it's God coming to get what He wanted to do through COVID. What happened there, the shake-up, the wake-up. And then I believe through the years 2021 and 2022, we went back to sleep. We all got scared. We got nervous. We thought about some changes. We realized, oh, I actually do have a whole lot of time, but I'm still lazy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time. Here we are. No, no, no. That's a priority issue. Procrastination is about priorities. It's about values. So kingdom culture is what? Culture is a set of shared values and beliefs. And when we have the same values and beliefs, when we gather every Sunday, when we live holy lives on Monday, when we live consecrated lives on Tuesday, when we live surrendered on Wednesday, there's power that begins to take place in the life of every believer where when we come, we gather, we assemble, and there's a contribution rather than a consumption of something. So kingdom people are contributors. But church people, we come just, I'm just here to receive over and over and over and over again. And you have people that think that's normal. Guys, if you preach what is biblical, it appears radical because we're so lukewarm. Because our standards are so low. I have to tell you that there's a lot of comedic irony for me personally in this reset because through the four and a half years of this church I'll be honest with you we have received countless accusations of being a cult some of you know this they're a cult and here we are intentionally asking people to pray and be released we're helping you find the door if this isn't your home (laughs) so which is it (laughs) I was like, Lord, you're hilarious. I mean, only you could do something like this. So we want you to pray. Look at number six. We want you to pray. God, is this where you want me? Is this where you want me and my family? And if this is where you want me and my family, then why do you want us here? Are we truly a part? Are we going to be assembled there? Or are we just going to attend conveniently? Are we going to do what's comfortable? Are we actually going to come with our lukewarm lives and be the leaven that leavens the whole lump? So we want to release those that don't feel a true call. That maybe God would lead you elsewhere and we want to bless you and release you. Here's what we ask. Just that you would communicate. Some of you already have. Just that you would share, hey, we feel led of the Lord to go somewhere else. We believe this is a gracious exit. This is an opportunity. This is God saying, hey, there's something that he wants to do. Because I believe the reset is like a connecting flight for us as a ministry. Where we've gone, we've been airborne, God has been doing powerful things. But now he needs to land the plane and there's some... 
people that need to exit and there's an onboarding that's going to happen. There's people that are going to join that are going to be led of the Lord. What I saw last week, I saw things shifting in the spirit and what I saw was geographical shifts. I believe I saw by the Spirit of the Lord that there, were, there was movement in the earth that was similar to a COVID thing where there were people there were people that moved all over during the COVID season. I believe that we're in a season in the earth right now in the body of Christ where there's geographical shifts, where there's also shifts in jobs and careers and pursuits that are happening all over. I talked to someone this morning who leaves for a foreign country this, this week. God is doing something. He's repositioning His people. There's a shift that's happening through the reset. I don't know about you, but when Jesus returns, I want to be right with Him. I don't want Him to say, depart from me, I never knew you. You have all the stuff in your life, but no substance in your heart. I want to have the substance and the presence of Jesus. It's to reject the deadly poison of consumerism. This is huge. The reset is an intentional detox from consumerism. What if what we did for the next three to four weeks was we had a Bible revival? And we got in His Word and we fasted and we prayed and we sought Him like never before. And we broke up the fallow ground of our hearts and we decided to seek the Lord. God is doing something in our midst. Church culture wants to turn this into a campfire so that we can come and gather and dance around the fire and enjoy its warmth. But kingdom culture sparks a wildfire. I believe, see, listen, if you're a church person, you enjoy the warmth, but kingdom people catch fire for Jesus and then steward that fire in their everyday life. This is, listen, church culture makes you feel like, well, I have to become a pastor to be influential. Kingdom culture says, you have the job, you were born into the family, you have a unique sphere of influence that you're called to influence them for Christ. You're called to bring the gospel. You're actually an ambassador, not an attender. Guys, we don't even evangelize anymore. We just tell people where we go to church. That's not evangelism. Evangelism is, here's the gospel, here's what Jesus has done in my life, and I invite you to repent and turn and manifest the life of Jesus so that He can set you free. See, church culture lends itself to a partial freedom. We sang this morning, you purchased our whole freedom. God is after delivering His people physically, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, financially, and every form and facet of our lives, He's after purity and holiness and humility that pleases Him. We want to restore the New Testament pattern. I want to follow the book. How about you? This, is, this might offend some people, but I do feel led of the Lord to say this. What I said earlier about a Bible revival, this is kind of a dovetail thought. 
What I find in this region is very interesting, having moved back here and been on this west side for four and a half years. What I find is a group of people, and I don't mean this as a categorizing statement, but I don't know how else to say it. But there's a group of believers, they're believers, but they want revival, but they want revival on their terms. We want God to move powerfully, but we want to live in isolation. We hate authority. We're never going to submit to the Lord or healthy local church government. We're just going to be the renegade, rebellious rabble that's out here asking God for revival. Do you know that that stuff is born of the spirit of Jezebel? See, I want to be a New Testament church that overthrows Jezebel, that challenges religious tradition, that shows people there's another way to gather and assemble. Because I believe what the Lord is doing through the reset is He's actually setting a precedent and the Father is going to use our Father's house as an example that's going to commission other people and catapult other leaders and ministries and remind them that, hey, you're not paid to lead people you're paid to follow Jesus Christ you're beckoned by him you're going to stand before the Lord in judgment and he's the judge of the living and the dead it's time for church leadership to fear the Lord again see we fear man though you know the number one reason why the Holy Ghost doesn't move in corporate meetings is fear What if we release the service to the Lord? What if we allow God to move in an unusual way? Who's going to get up and say what and do what? We're going to lose control. And so fear of the river going over the riverbanks causes the whole river to dry up completely. And you can pound me with 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 and there needs to be order, but it says let all things be done. Let all things be done and then let there be order in the house of the Lord. But there has to be life. So we're after structure and life, let me explain. We believe that the reset is God shifting even our structure, our wineskin, because the wine is the life of the Lord. So here's what we want. You want structure that's commensurate to the life of God. When you have structure but you don't have life, that's a skeleton. You got a bag of bones. Can these bones live? But when you have life and no structure, that's the river overflowing, the riverbank. That's something that's embryonic. So when a child, when life happens at conception, there's life that begins to grow and then there's structure that is added to that life that's going to facilitate more life. So the reset is God changing our structure, shifting our shape to make room for more life in Him, to make room for the new wine that He's pouring out. But we've got to rid our lives of the old wineskin. We've got to get rid of what is old and we've got to transition into what is new. I believe that the temptation of the enemy is going to come in mighty ways to lock us into what is old so that nothing actually changes. Guys, we're not after behavior modification. We want real Christ-like transformation. Amen? So let me remind you from Luke 5. We're going to begin reading in verse 36. You thought I forgot, didn't you? Luke 5, verse 36. 
And Jesus was also telling them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Otherwise, he will both tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled out and the skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one after drinking the old wine wishes for new, for he says the old is good enough. I feel the Holy Ghost on verse 39. Why is this necessary? Have you lost your mind? The old is good enough. What you have is working. Why would you take a break? Why would you reset? Why is this necessary? Because there's new wine that the Lord is pouring out. I believe that God is marking, He Himself is drawing a line in the sand for us about whether you're all in or all out on Jesus. Because in love, friends, those who live on the fence perish. Did not Jesus say, I wish that you were either hot or cold? See, the problem in the church is that we love John 3.16 and we don't like Revelation 3.16. I wish that you were either hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. God rejects what is lukewarm. There's no neutrality with Jesus. You are either for Him. If you're not for Him, you're against Him. Well, I just want to be a good guy and live a nice life. No, you're against Jesus. Remember, it's the good things that begin to leaven our lives. It's things that aren't inherently bad within themselves that grow and become exalted in our hearts to a place of idolatry. If there's something that you can't live without, that's not Jesus, it's an idol. You can make an idol out of your kids. You can make an idol out of your spouse. You can idolize even your own fame, your own success, your own future. If there's anything that you can't stop thinking about that consumes your thought life, that's idolatry. The reset is coming out of idolatry and we're coming into intimacy with the Lord. Are you hearing me this morning? I want to acknowledge the work that God has done here. I want to give glory to Jesus because I am so grateful and so humbled to be a small part of what the Lord is doing here. I consider it a privilege and an honor to be a part of our Father's house. Martin Lloyd-Jones said that it's one thing to love to preach. It's another thing to love those to whom you preach. I want you to know that I love you. That Taylor and I love you dearly. That as a leadership team, we love you. We pray for you. We are determining within our own leadership to consecrate ourselves before the Lord. To increase our intentionality. To go far and high and long in Jesus. To make sure that we're doing all that we know to do as deacons and elders to honor Jesus and to make sure that there's no person in this community that goes without anything that you need spiritually. 
That's our commitment to you. That's our devotion. That's our desire. That's our highest aim. Now I will tell you that one of the difficulties of ministry is people's unrealistic expectations. Somebody who's been in ministry say amen. Amen. People want their pastor and their leaders and their elders to be God for them. Listen, that, that, that's actually consumerism. We're rejecting that. We want to serve. We want to come in humility. But we're going to war together. We're not going to hear God for you. We're going to hear God with you. All right, three of us. Glory to God. <laughs> Why did we pray in the month of September? Because prayer, you can't market that. Prayer is not sexy. Prayer doesn't have an attractive nature to it. Prayer is anti-consumerism. It's why we do so little of it. I want to challenge you that if on Wednesday nights in September, if we were teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I believe there would have been more people here. Because we gather around what we think is interesting and here's prayer and we're like, God, you're really not that interesting. As Corey Russell would say, God's not boring, you're boring. (laughs) Oh, well, we we don't like to worship. The worship is too long. Well, we're not worshiping you, is what Francis Chan would tell you. We're gathered for Jesus. See, the whole church structure, the whole system. I'm using the language of reformation, but the reformers are hated. Why did the prophets get stoned and killed? Not because they were saying, hey, everything is fine. No, those were the false prophets. We're in a critical hour in the body of Christ. I believe our Father's house is a blueprint, is a model, is a New Testament community that speaks of the glory of Jesus, that is a humble, hungry, holy gathering of people who love one another well, who put the great commandment first to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we're actually making an impact in the region around us. Did you know that the church was meant to be outward focused? See, consumerism actually teaches you that the church is for you. It's about what you can get out of it and how it benefits you. But the gathering of the saints is to benefit, yes, God. It's to exalt Him. It's supposed to be about the glory of Jesus. It's quiet in here. There's a shift that's happening in our culture. The powers of religious tradition are being overthrown. Some of you looking at me like I'm talking crazy. Now, I believe that people are fed up and people are realizing that what we have is not working and what we're doing is not changing anything. This nation is in a massive moral decline. We are acknowledging and celebrating things that God hates in rapidly increasing ways. And what's funny is church buildings are bigger than they've ever been. Church budgets are larger than they've ever been. You have mausoleums of religion that are growing and there's no power. Did not God warn through the Apostle Paul to his son Timothy those that have the appearance of godliness, but it's void of power. 
There's a warning there. Beware of your own life, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. The power to transform, the power to heal, the power to cut and convict and change. See, you can be in the house of God all your life and not know the God of the house. Church culture raises you in the church. Kingdom culture raises you in Christ. Father, help us this morning. Help us as we transition, as we reset. Lord, we lean into your presence right now. Would you shift the culture of our Father's house? We want to embrace your kingdom fully. We want to embrace your kingdom when it stretches us, when it confronts us, when it convicts us, when it inspires us. We want to receive you, Jesus, as King, as Lord over all. Father, we repent for the influence of church culture in our own lives. Father, I repent for bowing. And I ask you, Lord, that you would raise us, that you would stir us as a community. Lord, we thank you right now for what you've done in the last four and a half years. Lord, thank you for your provision. Thank you for your protection. God, I thank you for every man and woman and child here that has been impacted by you through our Father's house. Lord, I thank you that this ministry belongs to you. That Jesus, it's yours because you birthed it and you're raising it and you're going to bring us into full stature and maturity. Lord, we pray that you would stir us up during the reset God, I pray that no one would be sleeping in the hour of visitation. God, I thank you for the healing that's coming to marriages, that's coming to families. I thank you, Lord, for the deliverance from addiction and from affliction that's happening through this reset. God, as we seek your face, as we surrender and we submit to you, Lord, would you bring a mighty transformation in our midst? Would you bring a shift that manifests, Lord, where we're not just just giving you praise with our lips, but our lifestyle is pleasing to you, God. I pray for full freedom in Jesus' name. I pray for those who have heard the truth but not walked in it, God. I pray that our lives would be pleasing to you, Lord. Not just the appearance, but the secrets, Father, that you would reveal now in your mercy. The secrets, the things that we don't want others to know, but yet you know, God, would you purify and wash and cleanse through this reset Lord we celebrate and we honor you God we say that the reset was your idea because you're up to something good so we yield and submit and surrender this time to you Lord may this opportunity not be lost on us just begin to pray continue to pray with me let's stay in the presence of the Lord I feel the Holy Spirit moving God is restoring and repairing some things in our hearts right now. Lord, break the stronghold of pride off of our hearts and our minds. Lord, we repent and we humble ourselves in your presence. We receive your mercy and your grace.
God, come and break through in what is awkward and uncomfortable. Lord, the box that we've put you in is called our comfort zone. Continue to wait on the Lord. The Lord is cleansing. He's washing. He's confronting. He's healing. He's encouraging. Feel the Lord God the Father pouring out His love into some deep wounds right now. And through this reset, see the Lord strengthening hearts and minds right now. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. God is transitioning us out of crisis and into rest. Resting in His promises. Resting in His faithfulness. Resting in His goodness. I thank you, Lord, that the reset is your mercy and not your judgment. Thank you, Lord, that it's your faithfulness. God, it would be your judgment if you allowed us to go on blind, to continue on in sin. We want to seek you, Lord, now in this hour of encounter. Now when you're drawing near, when you're saddling your horse and you're preparing to return, you say, Maranatha. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. Some of us are going to persevere through trial and come through victorious. Let's have a picture of like a bottleneck. It's going to be a squeeze that happens for some of us where the Lord is bringing things together and it's going to be tight. I heard a father in the Lord say something that stuck with me many years ago. He said, the farther you go in God, the less you can take with you. The farther you go in God, the less you can take with you. This is going to be costly. This reset, but it's going to be pleasing to the Lord. We just feel the pleasure of God. We're laying down the American ministry dream. 
we're rejecting it and we're receiving a new wineskin because only your presence can change things, Lord. Our structures and our systems and our programs, we've put faith in them, Lord. We want to put our faith in you. Lord, we need an awakening. We need a reformation in your church. Come and shake the house. Let judgment begin in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.